0: Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our topic today is how the State of Mississippi has strengthened evidence based budgeting and its focus on results. We're joined by State Representative Toby Barker. Here's a clip.
1: When people bring us programs, this is the next best program for dropout prevention and they have all what we what we call little Timmy stories. Well, you know, little Timmy was on the street dealing drugs, and he went through this dropout prevention program, and now he's graduating first in his law school at Harvard. And, uh, and that's what we've been funding things on, our little Timmy stories and self-reported data. But to clearly establish what evidence-based is and to clearly establish that we're going to look at these clearinghouses on what works before we make budgeting decisions, that was a key piece of the puzzle for us, and it was very important that we do that at the very beginning.
0: Over the past two years, the state of Mississippi has taken important steps to use evidence in order to get better outcomes for the people of its state. That includes defining tiers of evidence to focus funding on what works, as well as reinvigorating the state's use of evidence-based budgeting. To learn more, we're joined by someone who's been closely involved in these efforts, Toby Barker, first elected to the legislature in 2007 at the age of 25. Today, he's the chairman of the Performance-Based Budgeting Committee, which was launched earlier this year. And he also sits on several other committees, including Appropriations. He's the Republican state representative whose district covers Central Hattiesburg. Toby, it's good to have you with us. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Andy. I'm glad to be here.
0: So tell us the origins of this push over the last few years to strengthen the use of evidence and performance budgeting in Mississippi.
1: So when our party took control of the House in 2011, there was a a commitment to try and bring back this idea of performance-based budgeting and all the little things that went along with it. As with any legislature in, in the country, in Mississippi, you know, the House trades budget Proposals with the Senate, they go to what's called Conference Week and then Conference Weekend, and where the House and Senate are trading numbers until they get to the number. And and, and I can only describe Conference Weekend as this very – almost like a tent revival but far less righteous and far less productive where you know, lobbyist advocates are all hanging out and wanting to make sure that they try to get the last few hundred thousand or the last few million uh, into their program. And what happens is the legislature signs a budget agreement. Passes it on the House, passes it on the Senate, sends it to the governor, and then we go home for the year. And very rarely did we find that there were opportunities for us to look back and ask the question, is what we're funding even working? We really had no ongoing feedback loop. And and, an even more rare occurrence was us asking the question, is what we're funding even designed to work? And as we started wrestling with those questions, um, our appropriations chairman at the time, Herb Frierson, saw the movie Moneyball. There's a a big scene in that movie that became very uh, defining for us, and, and that's when um, Billy Bean, who's played by Brad Pitt, is sitting in the room with all of the scouts around him, and they've just lost three of their best players following one of the best years in franchise history, and they're trying to replace these three heavy hitters by using the same criteria of home runs, RBI, batting average, body type. And finally, you know, Billy Bean just has enough and he says, Look, y'all, there are rich teams and there are poor teams, and there's fifty feet of crap and there's us. And as we started thinking about that as a state, you know, there are rich states and there are poor states, and there are fifty feet of whatever, and there's Mississippi. Um, we are continually at the bottom when it comes to, you know, um, a lot of different factors there. We're continually at the bottom when it comes to available resources, and so trying to match results from bigger states by using the same formula as bigger states will never work for us because we will never have as as many resources um, and that's just a limitation we're always going to have uh, as a state however if we can start using data and metrics and evidence to make better decisions with the resources we already have we can accomplish more with the same or or around the same amount of funding that we have now and so uh, we we saw the first step in this whole process was, one, doing a program inventory in four of our bigger agencies, which in our case was the Department of Education, the Department of Corrections, the Department of Transportation, and the Department of Health. In that same legislation, we actually defined what evidence-based was because once advocates and, and lobbyists and agencies find out you know, that you're looking for the term evidence-based, suddenly everything's evidence-based and uh, there's no criteria for it. And so we defined evidence-based as multi-site, randomized controlled trials over heterogeneous populations. And it was very clear to establish that clear and concise definition of what evidence was and to put it into our state statute, because there's now no room for interpretation.
0: It's a useful point that everything has some evidence behind it, even if it's simply anecdotes of success stories. You can always find some data to justify an approach. So a key part of evidence-based policy, a prerequisite, is defining what you mean by evidence for that given purpose.
1: And and that's exactly right. And, And so... You know, when people bring us programs, um, this is the next best program for dropout prevention, and they have all what we, what we call little Timmy stories. Well, you know, little Timmy was on the street dealing drugs, and he went through this dropout prevention program, and now he's graduating first in his law school at Harvard. And, uh, and that's what we've been funding things on are little Timmy stories and self reported data. But to clearly establish what evidence based is, and to clearly establish that we're going to look at these clearinghouses on what works before we make budgeting decisions. That was a key piece of the puzzle for us, and it was very important that we do that at the very beginning.
0: And in terms of defining what is evidence, a useful approach, which Mississippi took, was to define tiers of evidence, in other words, different levels of evidence, and those three tiers were codified into Mississippi law in 2014.
1: Exactly, and we, we did evidence-based research, based and promising practice. And you know, there, there are so many things that have to happen at first. And, and I would say, first, you have to gather stakeholders and decision makers have to get on board with this because the legislature can't do it without the executive branch. Um, one side of the legislature can't do it without the other chamber. And luckily for Mississippi, you know, with new leadership coming in at, in the speaker's office and the lieutenant governor's office at the time. Everyone was sort of plugged in, and, and, and they bought in early. And that was so important for us because the legislature in Mississippi really kind of runs the budgeting side of things. And and so to get everyone on board at first and then partner up with the Pew MacArthur Results First team, which really helped guide us through this whole idea of evidence-based uh, budgeting and policy, taking their process of doing a program inventory, of then screening those programs against you know these clearinghouses, to, to see if they're evidence-based, and then to see if we're getting the return on investment that we should be getting. That really kind of all happened in the same two- or three-year time period, and all of it was very important.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me if I'm right here. I think in 2014, there was a bill that, as I understand it, it required the Legislative Budget Office to work with four of the executive branch departments to create these program programs. Inventories and categorize basically the level of evidence related to each program. I'm I'm trying to think of lessons for other states. Is one of it was this bill important to doing this?
1: Absolutely, because in the same bill we had the definitions and tiers of evidence. Um, it, it was important to have the program inventory, and, and in our bill we had the Legislative Budget Office as well as our Legislative Research Arm, which is called Peer. Um, work together to do these program inventories. The reason a program inventory is so important is because in in many cases, sometimes the the agency doesn't know what all it does, and the legislature certainly doesn't know what all these agencies do. And it took two years to do the the program inventory for the Department of Corrections and then to screen those for evidence-based, to put that screen on it. Um, We're still About, we're about to roll out the other three program inventories, but that is absolutely the first step when you're trying to move in this direction because until you know what it is you're funding, until you know what it is these agencies are doing, there's no way to to judge whether, you know, is that program evidence based? um, Does it align with the statewide, you know, if your state has a strategic plan like we do? um, There's no way to see there's duplication of effort across agencies, and so it was a big step for us to do that.
0: So the first inventory was focused on the Department of Corrections, and the next three will focus on which agencies?
1: Uh, education, health, and transportation.
0: Toby, switching topics slightly, I know that the Legislature has created uh, what you call the seven questions of quality program design. Tell us what they are and how they're used.
1: Right, we use those seven questions and they're actually in our budget instructions now that if an agency has a, a proposal for a new program with a lobbyist, uh, wants a, a program for a vendor they're representing, they have to go through these seven questions. And then those answers are then screened by LBO uh, and our peer committee um, to, to really say, hey, this might be something we're interested in, or, or it may not, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a quick example. Um, our seven questions are, what is the program supposed to accomplish? Um, how do we know we need this program? Is, has there been a needs assessment? Um, how will the program work? Um, is the program evidence-based or research-based? Um, how will you implement the program? You know, how will we make sure if it is evidence-based that there's fidelity to the model? And then finally, how are we going to measure success? And if a program can't meet a majority of those, uh, particularly on the evidence-based, research-based side, it's likely not to be funded. And so, in the last two years, we've turned down a lot of program ideas that you know may have been good in anecdote and may have been good little timmy stories but they were not a wise investment of the state's resources. And this is a long-term process, and we haven't you know, we, we, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're setting a culture, particularly with the, the newer members, that we're changing the way that we make decisions. And that's been a great byproduct of this process.
0: A final question for you, Toby, which is what's your advice for other state legislatures that wanna make some forward progress on these types of issues, on getting a better handle of how their programs are working so they can improve results? What are a few tips?
1: So you do have to let agencies know that you're serious because for so long they've heard legislators come in and make a lot of noise on something and then, you know, we get moved on to the next issue and then they hope we forget. But having a sustained commitment from both of our appropriations chairmen, our lieutenant governor and our speaker uh, was absolutely critical in letting these agencies know that, hey, this is here to stay. And so this year we created a new Department of Child Protection Services to deal with our foster care issues. You know, It's a new agency. They're starting from scratch, and we are actually walking with them on how to do a program inventory from the very beginning and how to look at evidence-based programs. Um, Department of Health, they know that you know a big cost driver for us in our Medicaid program is this idea of preterm birth because a lot of complications come from preterm birth. We pay a lot of money out of our Medicaid program, both in short-term and long-term costs. Well, they brought us a program that said, hey, this is evidence-based, all of these things, you know, help fund this, and we can lower that. And, and we actually funded that program because they went through this process. And so you know, once agencies realize that, one, you're serious, but two, you're not there to take money away. You're just there to help them invest it in smarter ways, generally you can get more buy-in.
0: Toby Barker from the state of Mississippi. Toby, congratulations to you and all your colleagues for some really impressive progress in strengthening results-focused government. It's inspiring to hear about it. And thanks so much for being with us.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Andy.